25th Sunday in Ordinary Time Prayer Psalm chapter 145 Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His compassion is over all that He has made. The Lord is just in all His ways, and kind in all His doings. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. Reading the Word First reading Isaiah 55 Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them. And to our God, for we, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Second reading, Philippians chapter 1. It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in any way, but that by my speaking with all boldness, Christ will be exalted, now as always, in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, living in Christ and dying is gain. If I am alive in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side, with one mind for the faith of the gospel. Gospel Matthew chapter 20 Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about four of, and about five o'clock, he went out and found others 
standing around. And he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they crumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have met them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be the first and the first will be last. Hearing the word, our task, our glory. Today's liturgy of the word leads us to reflect on the theme of recognition and praise that human beings often seek from others in acknowledgement of one's accomplishments, value, and importance. The first reading comes from Isaiah chapter 55, which begins with invitation to partake in God's gifts and with assurance that He had chosen His people, Israel, and destined them for great glory. The initial part culminates in Isaiah chapter 55, with a remarkable declaration that all nations shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. For he has glorified you. In the context of this pledge, the prophet exhorts the righteous Israelites to seek the Lord, call upon him. He follows with the admonition to some wicked Israelites to forsake their ways, abandon their thoughts, and return to the Lord, to receive forgiveness and be God's people once again. The reading concludes with the assertion that God follows God's own ways, which surpass human thoughts and ways, as much as heaven towers over the earth. Thus, our reading discloses that God, for reasons that are His own, decided to glorify His people Israel and give them a dignity and importance recognized and acknowledged by all the peoples of the earth. Yet, the Israelites need to respond to this offer, not by self-congratulation and prideful self-praise, but by careful cultivation of their relationship with God. They need to continually seek the Lord by living according to His commandments, being united with them through prayer and returning to Him from wayward paths. Through faithful service to the Lord, 
the Israelites find their glory and gain recognition as mortals and examples for others to follow. The second reading comes from one of Paul's prison letters, the letter to the Philippians. Because of his work for the gospel, the apostle found himself in prison and in danger of imminent death. In this context, he makes two important statements. First, Paul speaks of his current imprisonment, and surprisingly, he welcomes the prospect of death. Such an attitude shows his remarkable faith and commitment to Christ, because he knows that by dying, he will be united with Christ. In fact, he is open to and welcomes any possible outcome of his captivity, stating that if alive, he will continue his fruitful labor for the gospel, but if he dies, he will be united with Christ. His utter commitment to Christ and his mission gives him remarkable freedom to face anything that life can bring. In the second part of the reading, Paul calls Christians to imitate him by living in a manner worth of the gospel of Christ. Their commitment to the gospel would bring him great consolation and also show them to be authentic and praiseworthy servants of the gospel alongside the imprisoned apostle. Paul's words reflect the same attitude and mindset as that of Isaiah. Dignity, recognition, and praise for Paul and his faithful in Philippi come from carrying out Christ's mission faithfully. Paul was not concerned about praise and recognition from others in this life. His sole concern was the task of preaching the gospel, for which he exempted the sole reward of union with Christ in eternity. He applies the same logic to Christians, stating that they should focus on living according to the gospel, and that would bring them glory and reward in this world and the next. The gospel contains a story also focused on the theme of recognition and reward. Situated in the harvest time, this parable might be somewhat shocking because the landowner who represents God appears unfair in his treatment of the workers, paying those who worked for just one hour the same amount as those who worked the full day. Matthew uses this story to justify God's inclusion of the Gentiles among God's people, which, from the perspective of the long membership of the Israelites in their community, occurred very recently. Are these two groups to reap equal benefits of this membership? Matthew answers positively. Both Jews and Gentiles are equal in terms of the reward of eternal life that such membership brings. The story illustrates this by indicating that the sum paid to all workers in the story, regardless of the length of their labor, is one denarius, the usual daily wage, sufficient to provide for all daily needs. 
the workers hired first were promised whatever is right, which means the amount they need to live through the day. The workers who came last were provided with the same amount, which demonstrates the master's concern for the well-being of all workers, not his unfairness. God is fair in that God opens the opportunity for living eternal life to all. Furthermore, none of the workers in the story had avoided work. Those hired last indicated that their idleness was not a result of calculated laziness, but rather that nobody hired them. The landowner, knowing that they would be left without the necessary daily wage to survive, hired them, even for a short time, in order to ensure that they will have sufficient means to live. This again shows God's concern for providing everyone with the opportunity to do what is necessary for eternal life. The workers who accused the landowner of being unfair and unjust looked only at their own rights and privileges. They wanted recognition and reward based on their own accomplishments. Yet, that logic would mean that those hired last would starve. The story emphasizes that God's logic operates in a different principle. He gives each worker a task necessary for them to gain eternal life. That task is unique and appropriate for each person, and the workers have no right to question the master's reasoning in providing for all in equal measure. The final statement about the first being last and last being first, contrary to some interpretations, does not imply that there will be a radical reversal of positions. Rather, the statement indicates that all will be made equal in terms of gifts that they have received from God. The reward and glory of eternal life, according to Matthew, lies in completing the God-given task a task which is unique and specific to each person. Seeking recognition, acknowledgement, and praise for who we are and what we do is a natural and quite acceptable pursuit for human beings. Yet, the first reading reminds that true glory and praise come as a result of living a righteous and pious life according to God's laws. Paul emphasizes that Christian dignity comes from completing the task of living and preaching the gospel, regardless of the circumstances. Finally, the gospel demonstrates that the path to eternal life lies in the execution of God-given tasks particular to each person. Living according to God's ways and completion of the unique God-given tasks is therefore the source of personal glory in this life and leads to eternal union with the Creator, whom the psalmist described as the Lord who is good to all and His compassion is over all that He has made. Listening to the Word of God The Sunday's liturgy of the Word invites us to reflect on our tasks as Christians 
and the just recognition we expect in return. The completion of our daily tasks brings praise, acknowledgement, recognition, fulfillment, and personal glory. Yet we live in a society where many do not plan or prepare well and perform their daily tasks poorly and chaotically. This may lead to idleness and failure. Some, however, begin their day by noting down what they want to accomplish each and every day. As Christians, our list of tasks should begin with recognition of God's power and end with gratitude for what God enabled us to do. Because whatever we achieve is not done by our own strength, but by God's grace. In this context, we can reflect on a few points which will help us to better understand the importance of today's message. First, we hear the praise, seek the Lord while he can be found. As Christians, when do we seek God in our lives? Many do so only after they have tried and failed to find help from other sources. When they realize that witch doctors, diviners, and false prophets cannot offer the help and happiness they promise, then it is time to turn to God. We also tend to seek God when things are not working out well. In situations such as family problems, marriage, relationship crisis, or unemployment, first, with the threats, we turn to God for guidance and solutions. While looking for help from our Father is certainly right, we ought to seek God at all times in difficulties, but also in good times. This is the message of the first reading where Isaiah urges us to seek the Lord and to change our lives in order to carry out our tasks well. St. Matthew also tells us that our task is to seek first the kingdom of God and other things would follow. If we seek God in every moment of our lives, then we correctly acknowledge that God is the only source of lasting blessing and recognition. Second, God has given us the task of seeking righteousness. Is it possible to accomplish such a task when the world offers so many alternative ways of living which can lead us astray from God's ways. Isaiah admonishes us to forsake our former ways and ask God to purify our thoughts and lead us into the path of righteousness. As Christians, we are to be promoters of justice and peace in our community to cultivate Christian virtues such as honesty, rectitude, and faithfulness. Today, in many African families, parents are failing in their task of teaching and instructing children to walk in the way of the Lord. Parents often passively watch their children imitate and follow examples from the media and peers. As Christians, 
parents and children ought to learn and follow the ways of God taught by Jesus, which lead to righteousness. Finally, St. Paul serves a very good example of seeking the right type of glory and recognition. He speaks about his complete commitment to live for Christ and for the task of proclaiming the gospel. When we perform our tasks with such wholehearted commitment, then we will be as free as Paul, welcoming the prospects of life or death with equal confidence because God, our sole desire, will give us eternal life. From him flows the assurance that by executing our task of living for him faithfully, we shall also share in his glory in eternity. This is the kind of glory and recognition that should be the focus of each Christian. When the laborer is praised, his cutlass begins to cut more keenly. Action Self-examination Does my list of daily tasks involve praise and recognition of God as the source of all that I do? Do I recognize that personal prayer and reading the Word of God is one of the essential tasks for each day? Response to God I make a solemn promise to God that in the course of this week, I will carry out my tasks with love and desire for God. I will begin and end my day with a prayer of recognition and thanksgiving. Response to your world. In response to the word of God, I will seek to understand what God wants me to do in every situation of my life. As a group, what activity can we devise in order to show that we have understood the message of today's liturgy? Merciful and gracious Lord, we praise and bless your name because you are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Lord Jesus, we ask you to grant us wisdom and strength to carry out the specific task you have given us. Help us to seek your face constantly and walk in your path of righteousness every day. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.